Will it happen or won't it happen? You can bet on it with the Betfair Exchange, proud sponsors of the Final Furlong Podcast. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate online resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast as we preview the weekend's racing before the festive period. I'm Emmett Kennedy and delighted to say that we are rejoined by Betfair Ambassador and Top Class Trainer, Mr. Joseph O'Brien, welcome back to the podcast, my friend. Thanks, Emmett. I know that it's going to be a, a small and select team for Running Hill over Christmas, but Fakir Dudari has been so, so exciting. We have no idea what would have happened last time out, but his jumping was a joy to behold. We are going to see him over the festive period. Do you have an idea as to where yet? Will we be seeing him at Leopardstown or Limerick? Yeah, not sure yet, Emmett. Um, obviously, he, he it was fantastic that he, he wore his grade one last time. Uh, no final decision has been made on, on, on which race he's going to go to, but hopefully the plan is for him to run, run uh, uh, next week. And you must be thrilled that a horse of his youth is able to, to take to chasing so well. The sky is the limit for this fella. It's, it's hard to believe he's yeah. only four years of age. Yeah, he, he is a young horse, but he does have plenty of minds on the clock. So um, he has plenty of experience and he's mature and um, he's well well ready for, for um, everything that's going to be uh, thrown at him for the rest of the season. And long-term plan, the oracle for him? No long-term plan really, Emmett. Only, only that we'd go to, that we go to go to Leperstown or Limerick there over the Christmas, all being well, and then we'll decide decide where we go from there. Um, um, that's as far as we've looked. It's not going to be an easy time of it either way, whether you run in the two-mile race at Leperstown or the two-mile five at Limerick, because they both have incredibly strong entries. So he's he's going to have to take on like he did last time, really strong opposition. But I'm I'm sure you're confident and happy with him at home. Yeah, sure. Listen, I suppose any grade ones, um, you expect the competition to be very tough, um, and as, as it should be, and and especially in Ireland. And these races don't look any different, you know. What about the juvenile hurdlers then that we saw uh, fight out the finish the last time, Cerberus and a wave of the sea? Yeah, both both two nice improving horses. Cerberus has an entry in the UK and a wave of the sea will almost certainly go to Leperstown. They still might end up going to Leperstown, but we haven't made a final decision on that. But two two nice exciting horses for for the rest of the season, hopefully. Turnaround in form last time out, but there's no reason to think that that can't be switched again. Yeah, I suppose they've they've met each other twice, and each time the one the the I suppose uh, they were I think they were running off levels in Punchestown, and there was only maybe a head or a neck between them, and then um, a wave of the sea was given Cerberus four pounds last time, um, and and obviously Cerberus beat him next time in Leperstown if they run against each other, a wave of the sea is seven pounds better off, so so obviously. It, it that changes things as well, and Leperstown is a different track than Fairy House. So um um uh, yeah, it, it, it'd be you know it'd be brave man to to be to pick a confident selection between the two of them. A speakeasy, a potential for Limerick as well, or or possibly Leopardstown. Yeah, he has he has entries there, and he could also go to Punchestown in January. Um, uh, he's a nice horse with a nice run on his chase debut, and um uh, yeah. We're excited about him in the in the long term. It's just a little bit hard to train, and he's had had a few little setbacks. So so um, he just takes a little bit of minding. You've got a number of exciting bumper horses. One of them is called Forged in Fire, bought for one hundred and ten thousand euro. Are we going to see him over Christmas? Uh, he might run over Christmas. Not sure if he'd want the ground too heavy. Um, and uh, um, um, listen, he, he seems to be going okay. Any other bumper horses that we can look out for? Sure, I have I have a few. There's a horse called Risk Factor that that um, uh, was placed in a few bumpers during the summer. But I suppose the the main one that is likely to or that is possibly it's going to line up over the Christmas is Eric Bloodaxe that won at Fairy House. Now he was good. First of all, what a brilliant name that horse has. You must have been yeah, thrilled with that fantastic. with that performance. Yeah, no, very much so. He's he's um, yeah, he's a lovely horse, a huge big horse, and um, um, and we were delighted with the performance. Obviously, looked an extremely competitive race on paper, and for him to win on his debut, um, in the manner that he did was is exciting. To do what he did against a horse that was highly thought of from the Mullins team as well was was particularly. Yeah, listen, he's a beautiful horse, and uh, Tom Tom gave him a lovely ride, and obviously he he loved him loved him on the day and loved the feel that he gave him but um, 
Um, yes, we 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 are uh, looking forward to, to getting them out again, whether that's at Christmas time or February. But he has an entry in Leperstown. The Paddy's Rewards Club Loyalties Dead Liver Rewards Chase. They keep changing that name. That's an interesting one. Us and them. Is he going to be lining up there and how is he? Probably more likely to wait for the, um, I think it's the Dan Moore's call in Fairy House uh, in January. How has he been doing? Yeah, good. He's a bit disappointing so far this year, but we might we might apply some headgear next time. Um, uh, but but uh, we're hoping, hoping we can get him back to the farm that he showed Um last season yeah he was a deadly novice for you last season speaking of horses being deadly uh, early doors was a fantastic story for you at Cheltenham last year winning for John John Neal Jr. and yourself in the very last race of the Cheltenham Festival uh, any plans for him over Christmas he has an entry in the beginner's chase and um There'd be a good chance he might run up run there. He's a he's a nice horse and school a school well over fences. Is there a particular distance in mind that you have for him? Is he an intermediate trip horse or would you be happy to go yeah, up? Yeah, I suppose two and a half was his thing was his thing probably over hurls. He did get further, but um it's not, I I think he's versatile enough, you know. I'm fascinated with Tower Bridge. He's entered for the Paddy Power. The, the high chaparral what's the latest on him yeah he ran bad in, in the tritown the last day um no nothing really came to light after the race so um um on his cheltenham run he he would he would he would be capable of picking up a, a nice pot along the way but he has it to prove uh he's, he's working nicely and there's a good chance he'll run at leperstown yeah are you happy with him so it sounds as though if you're going to pitch him in no and we're, we're we're happy with him, but we were happy with him going to Navin now. He ran terrible, so he might, might, we might put some headgear on him. We'll just, he'll have do a little bit before before the race, but yeah, we think we think there's a nice part in him along the way, but he'll have to be a good better than he was last time. Okay, well, hopefully he is because he'll be burdened with my money. I'm afraid he's got stable mates there uh, along with him. Anybody else going to join him? Possibly Viewmar Van has has been placed in that race the last two years. Another horse that. Mortal has an entry in it, but mm. not sure he has a couple of other entries around there as well. Uh, Punches Cross has been progressive, but it's a big step up for him. So, yeah, but Tarbridge and Viewmar Van are prob- probably the two that I'd be concentrating on. Okay, Joseph. Um, I know that Eric Battleax is, is a horse of serious potential. Who are you particularly excited about unleashing over the Christmas period from Owning Hill? Um, well, I suppose Fakir Didari uh, is the obvious one that that we'd be that we'd be looking forward to um, uh, getting out. Um, um, uh, he he's obviously a great one winner uh, this season, and um, he's he's the obvious one that we'd be excited about. And can I ask you about a final furlong podcast favorite and arguably the forgotten horse of the season, Lurishberg? How is he doing, and when will we see him? Yeah, he's good. He might have an entry uh, in Punchestown. Um, for New Year's Eve, um, uh, but but he's in good shape and uh, we're looking forward to getting him started at some stage in in the next month or six weeks. Would you be keen to stick to two miles with him? Um, listen, I think he's versatile. Um, he's going to be entered two and a half, but um, 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 pro- probably uh, looking at his form, uh, two miles is is probably his optimum distance. If you can get him back to full fitness, he's a, he's an exciting horse from, based on what he did yeah, last absolutely, year. Yeah, absolutely. A, a terrible shame that he missed out on Cheltenham. As we come to the Christmas period, Joseph, and we come to the new year, as you re- reflect back on 2019, what, what's the most memorable moment of the year for you? Um, listen, we've had a fantastic season. Very lucky that we're supported by uh, some great owners and, and we have some uh, um, amazing horses that we can work with every day and, and that we can bring to the track. Um, pr- probably uh, Iridesa is the standout um, of, of, of the year at, at the Breeders' Cup. That was a very special day and um, um, uh, um, uh, uh, she, she's probably the one that stands out to me. Does she stay in training next season? Um, I think it look it looks like she's going to stay in training. Um, uh, isn't she was she was obviously like I say been very good filly for us for the last couple of years and um, yeah we're excited about her going forward. A lot of fun to have. So then Joseph, a lot of fun to have with her. Given that it's Christmas time, is there a horse that we can back that we can look out for in the at the races tracker? to make a few quid from uh, Jania, I don't know I'm just, oh, over the Christmas I suppose I have I have plenty of horses uh, plenty of runners and nice horses to run 
I suppose Elijah is a nice horse that has has had good form, but he, he hasn't raced very much. But he's a nice horse, and he might run over to Christmas. A knighted. Yeah, that's right. That's We're the one. Putting a knighted into the at the races tracker, Joseph. Happy Christmas to you. Many the, happy returns, Emmett. Thank you very much, my friend. I hope that the festive period treats you well. Um, get to enjoy yourself, relax, because you you never stop working, and all the very best for twenty twenty as well. Looking forward to speaking to you again in the new year. Please God, appreciate it, Emmett. The Betfair Exchange: More ways to bet, more ways to win. Proud sponsors of the Final Furlong podcast. Great to have Joseph O'Brien on the podcast and a happy Christmas to him and all the team at Owning Hill. And hopefully he will be uh, contributing to some gravy for us with some winners on the Final Furlong podcast. We'll be chatting to him again in the new year. Delighted to welcome back to the show, Mr. Rory DeLarge. Good afternoon. And welcome back, my friend. Uh, Good to have you on board as we look ahead to the weekend's racing. So the long walk hurdle sees Paisley Park as a four-zon shot or on the Betfair Exchange, 1.25 as we currently look, and then it's pretty much whatever you want. Uh, to be fair, 13.0, Lemmy Surge, 13.0, the World's End, uh, around about the same price, 14.2, and you're talking massive money uh, about the rest. This really should be, given what he did on his season reappearance, given how good he is, Rory, it should be a stroll in the park. Yeah, I've, he wasn't wildly impressive uh, first time out, in fairness, but of course, you know, he was... He was um, uh, lacking a recent run, and he was, of course, um, giving wit away that day. So, um, yeah, listen, he's, he's impossible to see past um, in this contest. I would agree with that. Um, he just looked a little bit ring rusty last time out um, when um, when beaten Thistlecrack. God bless Thistlecrack. Um, ran an absolute monster race there. Um, that was a huge race. That was a good ground. I, I, I suppose the one thing you would say about Paisley Park is we're, we're kind of ignoring the, the, the ground here. He won this on, on soft ground last year, but it's going to be really nasty this time around. Um, and that's always worth bearing in mind because, you know, if you're going to forgive a, a horse a moderate run, um, really bad ground is one of the first things you look at as a, uh, um, as a you know, as an absolute excuse. So... We know he handles soft ground. Um, he's certainly at least as good um, on um, on a sound surface uh, from what we've seen of him. And he's a classy horse. So, you know, the more this becomes a slog, um, you know, the less it suits the class horse in the race. Uh, so you've got to be got to be wary of that. And I wouldn't I wouldn't for a second suggest anyone goes out and backs him at um, uh, at, at fours on. Um, but he really, really should get the job done. Um, and the question is, uh, how you you know what the bet is to be second, or indeed without the favourite market, and that's that's quite an interesting one because you can make a case for, um, and Papagana won pretty well in a a, a listed race, um, last time, but it looks it looks between the other three essentially for, um, sorry the the other four. I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure Agrippar is quite the force of old, but he is a horse who um uh, who relishes very bad ground. His best form is on almost unraceable ground. So you'd you'd probably throw him into the equation despite um one or two disappointing uh, runs of late. Um and the way the race is run and uh, uh, you know and how the others decide to tackle Paisley Park um will determine who ends up finishing second. And that's quite an interesting little little puzzle um you know the others have got to try to win the race but obviously you know if you just if you're riding in this race and you decide that you're simply going to ride for a second you'll you'll maximize your chances of doing that whereas if you go out trying to beat paisley park um you're liable to to be vulnerable to others in the closing stages so the question is who will be ridden like a non-trier i suppose lammy surge will because that's the best way to ride this fella he's a little bit of a monkey it really is yeah um and I suppose the question with him is whether he's quite the force of old. Um, he was disappointing in the uh, the French champion hurdle um, when last seen, and that's um, you know he's he's obviously done extremely well in France before, so he's got a little bit to prove. Lamy Serge, but he's always been at his best when sort of picking his way into a contest like this, um, and it could end up um, playing out uh, perfectly for him. Um, of course, um, he's. Has he been second on this twice before? I think so. Um, he was uh, he was second to Sam Spinner yeah. um, a couple of seasons ago. 
Um, and uh, he looked the likeliest winner for a, a long way through that contest. As is um, the story of his career, really. Yeah, exactly. So I can I can see him doing something similar. Obviously, Donald Jacob not available with that um, with that hand injury. So Nico de Boisville comes in for the ride on Lamy Serge. Um, and you can make, a, as I said, you can make a case for Agrippar just because the grind will really suit him. Uh, and Davy Russell's a very interesting jockey booking for Nick Williams, isn't he? Fascinating. Uh, yeah. Davy is going to be over there for Gordon Elliott, um, but it is fascinating that he picks up the right here for, for Nick Williams. Um, so, yeah, he, he's uh, he's probably the least likely on recent form to get involved. But as I said, you know, you've got a couple of positives there. The, the, the deeper the grind, the better for him. And Davy Russell might just be the kind of jockey to to wake him up a little bit. Um, the World's End did, did a bit too much um, in front when beaten by uh, Paisley Park at Newbury. And he should get a, a fair bit closer. And of course, we know he handles the heavy ground because he was quite an impressive winner of the uh, West Yorkshire Hurdle on his reappearance um, on bad ground. Although that wouldn't have been as strong a race as this. And I'm not sure it's form that I'd want to get some uh, too excited by. And um, listen, to be fair, it deserves his place at this level. You know, if he if he decides that Paisley Park is just different class to the other stairs hurdles, stairs hur, staying hurdlers around at the moment, um, then you've got to you've got to say that to be fair, who's been um, running under massive weights and competitive handicaps uh, for the last couple of seasons, um, is he's at least as good as ever. Um, you know, he's a winner at. Uh, on heavy ground at Cheltenham in, in October, he ran an absolute stormer of a mark of 154 to be third there last time, again in similar ground. He might just be the one, you know. He's not been given a chance in grade one company before, but there's very little doubt that um, he's a rock-solid performer um, in, in recent times. His um, his handicap record is, is fantastic. There are very few horses in the last 20 or 30 years who've won the, the number of handicaps that he has. Um, and um, as I said he keeps going up the handicap and he keeps running his race so he does deserve his chance here and he's not one I'd underestimate but we still expect Paisley Park to be coming out on top hopefully he goes and bolts up on the bridle uh, for Andrew Gemmel and the team uh, Emma Lavelle and Aidan Coleman it's just such a likeable trio uh, and the horse is brilliant you can see every single race live on Sky Sports Racing uh, that race will be at 2.25 on Saturday uh, we're recording on Thursday don't forget that there's action on Friday as well uh, including Mags Mullen sending over to Boucher the 2017 champion bumper runner-up who wasn't the best over hurdles it's fair to say but um, will be competing in the novice chase and look to be back on form uh, if you would like more information it's all there for you at the dedicated microsite ascot.attheraces.com ascot.attheraces.com including weather forecast and uh, some info from Mr. Nicky Henderson uh, for your perusal as well uh, also just a very very quick mention graded hurdle the Supreme Novices Tridal Ribble Valley I imagine is going to be a very very short price favourite from Nicky Richards and Brian Hughes but I also imagine that he shall win the Skybred Supreme Trial Novices Hurdle I'm excited about him so keep an eye on him the other race that we'll switch to is the Betfair Exchange Trophy it's the last race of the day Saturday on Sky Sports Racing it's the famous handicap hurdle the going is currently heavy the betting is fairly competitive it's a wide open market you've got Gui Duneuf let's go with that shall we 8.0 on the Betfair Exchange Umbrigado uh, for a good friend David Pipe 8.5 and the horse that I like uh, you can get 9.0 you can even get 10.0 if you're lucky uh, right now in Betfair uh, French Crusader that's where I'm currently looking but Rory you're the king of big field handicaps crack this one open for us get the festive Christmas box going for us who wins the Betfair Exchange Trophy. I don't know. Oh, no! Um, Come on! Lee, uh, the horse I'll be with here is um, is Sir Valentine. Okay. He's not going to be. What price, what, what price have you got in front of you there? 17.0 about Sir Valentine. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a decent price. This is a horse who was second to Ribble Valley last time out. Um, I agree with your, your comments on Ribble Valley. He looks absolutely top class. Yeah. Um, he will be winning grade one chases before too long. But obviously he's got a nice season as an obvious hurdle to go first. Um, and he was an easy winner there from Sir Valentine. But if you take him out of the race, Sir Valentine won by six lengths and 20 lengths um, from a, um, a half-decent uh, flat performer in Reina's World and a uh, another decent flat performer and previous hurdles winner, Pro Schema, in fourth. 
that is pretty solid form. Um, none of the first few home have run, have run since. Um, but Elea, who was well beaten in sixth, um, won next time, and Maltelli ran well um, on uh, on his next start. Um, it just looks at the time of the race was exceptional for the conditions. The form is very strong. Uh, because of Valentine has beaten 11 lengths, he's rather been um, been ignored, I think. A handicap has given him a perfectly fair mark um, of 130, which is lenient based on his flat form. Um, that was his best performance uh, for me over her. There was a winner at Newbury the time before. He did that in nice style. Um, but I think that the Weatherby um, race is, is better form than it looked because time will tell that getting within 12 lengths of, uh, of Ribble Valley um, is an exceptional performance. So uh, very deep grind would be a slight concern with him. But he gets in with, um, with a light weight, um, comparatively speaking. Tends on six here, Sam Tristan Davis in the saddle. And at the prices, I think he's, uh, he's the one to be with. Um, I wouldn't put you off Count Hister, um, who caught the eye a little bit at Cheltenham in the, uh, in the Great Wood um, last time. She didn't look fully wind up for that a real um, eye-catching run that one yeah her form went third in the county hurdle of a break last season is, is very solid and if she comes on clearly she's been hard to train she's only had um, three runs now in the last uh, just under two years um, so you wouldn't be absolutely certain about her coming out of the run as well as expected but I thought there was enough in that to make her interesting but for me um, given that line through um uh, Ribble Valley at Weatherby, I think Sir Valentine um, has, just, has just gone onto the radar. The handicapper could have hit him harder. If he'd won that race the way he did, if he just took Ribble, Ribble Valley out of the race and let Sir Valentine win, I think he'd be seven or eight pounds higher in the weights. Um, just, you know, given the style of that. Um, and there was nothing at all wrong with the performance. Um, obviously a faller on his, um, uh, on his debut uh, over hurdles at Chepstow um, when, um, when running well. Um, he's shown he can win with that performance at Newbury. That was, as I said, that was very likable. He looks very straightforward. I don't like horses who need to come from off the pace at Ascot. Just the, the nature of the track means that you want to have something that can race pretty handy, but also one that that sees the trip out really well. Um, and that's a, sort of a slightly unusual combination. He should be fine like that. He races prominently. Um, he, you know, he stayed uh, stayed a mile and three quarters well on the flat. Um, and I think he's um, I think he's a really interesting one I'm going to do one of my infamous flip-flops and join you because that Ribble Valley form is red hot and this is a proven ground for Nigel Tristan Davis he's not afraid to throw novices into competitive handicaps so um, you wouldn't be at all nervous about lack of experience yeah of course you would you have to be you have to be concerned about lack of experience but this is this is the um this is the payoff, really. In order to get a horse well handicapped, they've either got to somehow lose their form and you believe they're going to find it back again, um, or they're well handicapped because they're progressive, but they're unexposed. And if they're unexposed, they're also inexperienced, and that can count against them. But he's got plenty of, you know, he's got plenty of flat form, um, which doesn't count towards his handicap mark. Um, and hopefully um, that stands him in, in good stead in a race like this, because it, as you're, you're right to suggest that it's no place for a shrinking violet here um, and uh, he does have to call on the experience he had for, for Kingy on the flat rather rather odd you, you might say that he's racing for um, Nigel Twiston Davis having given that Alan King does very well with similar flat recruits yeah um, but uh, that's the way it is uh, um, I've just noticed 18.0 is available on the Betfair exchange by the way uh, I don't think it's going to be available for much longer. By the time this podcast goes live, that could very well be gone due to uh, the Rory Delargy runners uh, getting stuck in. And um, basically, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where, where this one lands. Uh, but 16 to 1 is uh, widely available. Um, 18.0 currently on, on Betfair, I think. I'm just, I'm going with you, my man. I'm going with you. I'm, I'm sorry, Nicky. I'm abandoning French Crusader and going with you, Rory. Um, for a man who didn't sound overly confident at the start, I'm particularly confident with what you've come up with uh, afterwards. Well, That's very kind of you. We'll, we'll, we'll take that one. Thank you very much. Let's see if we can crack open the three o'clock, the Dave Dawes Silver Cup handicap chase where Venetia Williams has the favourite currently with Bellamy de Picton. Uh, we've then got Mr. Malarkey for Colin Tizard. Benny's King for Dan Skelton is in there as well. Uh, and a number of other very interesting contenders. Uh, who has caught your eye, Rory Delargy? 
Jerry's back has caught my eye here. Um, I'm, I'm not sure he's absolutely certain to line up. You get Regal Encore in there in the same colours for Anthony Honeyball, but mm. I'd be interested to see Jerry's back in here. Um, he's a horse who handles heavy ground well. Um, he's uh, he's also better than than um, a recent form figures indicate. Um, he was well beaten on the Sir Peter O'Sullivan Memorial at Newbury on his return, but would have needed that I think after a, after a longish break. And of course, he was beaten um, a long way in the end in the National Hunt Chase, but he ran very very well there. Uh, we know how that race panned out. Everything got very tired in the straight. That that, that um, race does not make for pleasant rewatching. No, no. But um, I, you know, I thought he shaped an awful lot better than the bare result there. Um, prior to that, he'd been runner up in Grid Two chases um, over this, uh, sorry, over two mile five here. The Noel that was his chase, which is run tomorrow. Um, he was uh, second in that. Uh, and prior to that, um, when completely, you know, I think Connections thought he'd be a handicapper down the line. Um, yeah, he, he splits um, Vindication on Little Rockefeller in the Noel Novices chase last year. That's that's decent form. Uh, Vindication is uh, is a bit of a monster um, going right-handed. Um, so absolutely no shame in that. And he bolted up at Bangor prior to that when, when clearly not expected. Uh, he was 50s and bigger on, on Betfair that day. Um, and Richard McLaren has given him a, a lovely educational ride. Um, but he's enjoyed it so much that he's come there swinging on the bridle of the last um, and won without being asked a question. Um, that was a, a lovely start over fences for him. As I said, you'd he, he, expect him to have needed the run on his return. That was also good grind. I think he's a horse who wants really deep grind. His mm-hmm. best form has been in soft and heavy so far. So, um, And there's more to come from him um, this season. Everything about him last year suggested you know, he, he'd be a horse who would be better with another another summer on his back. He's got that now, and, and uh, hopefully he runs. I don't think he's, he's been confirmed as, as definitely going here. Um, but he's a horse to follow in this sort of handicap. Um, and so he very much tops my list in a cracking contest. There's a few that I that I like in here, but um, um, Jerry's back is is number one among them. I think Jerry's back is a horse on a number of people's lists as one that could potentially land a handicap this season. So it'll be interesting to see if it's if he does run on Saturday, and if indeed the money comes for him on the Bedford Exchange. Uh, what do you make of acting last for Harry Fry? On his comeback, quite disappointing back in November, but clearly needed that. Um, Punchestown was miserable. Got it done nicely last time. It comes in here off a, a five pound higher mark, but I'd expect that Harry Fry's horse could handle that and conditions should suit yeah he's got um he's got form around here in heavy ground before he was an impressive winner um of a handicap chase um just under two years ago and it's been lightly raced since um his disappointing efforts have come on, on sort of good good to soft ground um and when he's raced on heavy ground he's been very impressive so um yeah i um i'd give him chances uh, I, I tend to find that harry fry's horses are often um, over bet. That's not to criticise the trainer at all. I think he's a, I think he's a perfectly good trainer as Harry. Um, but sometimes his horses are, are remarkably well found in the market, and it's hard to to coax much value out of them. Um, but as you said, one four seven seems like a reasonable mark. He was raised to one four nine on the back of his win here in two thousand and eighteen. Um, so uh, given he's very lightly raced since that should be a, a perfectly workable mark. He does need to improve his jumping a little bit. He's, he's made mistakes his last two starts, um, which is a little bit of a worry, but of course he did get back to winning ways last time. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him in blinkers at some stage. Okay. You know, I think I think the thing with his jumping is it, he just loses concentration sometimes. And as we saw with Native River um, at Aintree the other day sometimes the fitting of blinkers you think of it as, as something that ungenuine horses need but basically it's it, horses who tend to sort of um, uh, stargaze a little bit or, or lose concentration at their fences are often helped by blinkers um, and um, acting last certainly um, the fitting of cheek pieces didn't go astray last time out, but he still made one, one significant error mm. and he might just be the type to do better with, with slightly more severe headgear I presume the cheek pieces will be stuck with for the weekend. They're not fully declared here yet on the race. No, no, they're not. You obviously they're only declared overnight. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, they make they'll definitely go headgear. I think um, you, you'd be also on. They'll keep the cheek pieces, but you never know. If they you did see blinkers. If they did switch to blinkers, would you be more interested? I'd be a, I'd be marginally more interested, but um, you know whether I'm getting a whether I'm getting a better price for my money um, as a result, I don't know. Okay. Um, and obviously, if Jerry's back doesn't if Jerry's back doesn't run, 
then have to relook at this race. But as it stands, um, he, he's the one that appeals most to the prices. But of course, you know, sometimes those prices don't take account of um, whether they're liable to line up or not. So sure. we'll, uh, I'll have a, a rethink of this when I see the field at 11 o'clock tomorrow. True enough. Uh, there are currently three J.P. McManus silks entered for this race. So we'll see if Jerry's back can get the job done. Um, if he doesn't line up, definitely add Jerry's back to your at the races tracker because there's a there's a nice race in him. There's definitely a nice race in him. Gravy to be had, courtesy of Jerry's back in the future, hopefully, uh, possibly on Saturday. Uh, very briefly, Rory, the Bedford Exchange graduation chase 115 sees some interesting runners. We've got OK Corral in there, uh, Adrian Dupont at the top of the weights for Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden. Uh, good old double shuffle, and uh, Henry de Bromhead is sending over Paloma Blue as well. Um, on the blind side is, is no back number either. What's your take on this race? Um, hopefully it's an opportunity for connections of Riders in the Storm to, to um, make amends for last week's cock up. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was he was very impressed. I mean, he looked a nice horse last season um, when he won at Punchestown for, uh, for, for Tom Taff um, and his jumping let him down um, at the festival. But um, he was really impressive at the entry um, starting out for Nigel Twiston Davis. And I don't, you know, you kind of you look at that and you think, well, some of these horses have got have got, you know, grade one form and should be too strong for him. But um, despite the fact that um, he's got 11-7 and he's given weight away to, to the highly rated horses um, here, I, I think he can get it done. Um, there's some there's some disappointing types in this race. And, um, you know, some are, are not coming here close to the top of their form. Uh, Adrian DuPont's a horse I never want to back. Um, he, he just, I know, so, you know, you're right. He's 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 got a he's got a um, a record of tanking through his races and finding absolutely zero off the bridle. Yeah. Um, uh, have a look at him at the um, at the Labrooks Trophy meeting last year. Uh, we I remember talking about this at the time. He ran this to Peter O'Sullivan. Um, he traded odds on in running more than half a mile from home and finished seventh. I wouldn't back him with uh, stolen money. I really wouldn't. And, and no, I, wouldn't, so, I, mean, I wouldn't be trusting that, like he's been pulled up after his first run on the back of a wind up. I wouldn't be trusting that on the second run he's going to bounce back. Sorry, Harry Derham, who's probably shouting no, he's at you know, right now. He's, he, he'll, he'll win again. His last win came on good ground at Kempton and get him back in that kind of situation, a small field, one where he doesn't truly come off the bridle and where his breathing isn't pushed to the limit and he'll win races. But on heavy ground at Ascot and a tough race, I don't think that's going to be it, to be perfectly honest. OK, Corral's got plenty to prove. He's in this and he's also in the three-miler. Whether he runs an either is, is open to debate. Paloma Blue has been a, a, a definitely an underachiever, you'd have mm. to say. Um, there's so much maybe, talent there. There's a lot of talent there, um, but he hasn't quite... Um, channeled in the right direction um in fairness you know this is a, an easier opportunity than, than some we'd have at home but i think um i think riders in the storm might just be good enough to one um as i said to to make amends for what was uh, a very confusing mix-up last week i still can't get my head around what happened did you feel sympathy for connections or did you just think nah that's a balls up you deserve not to run i, I certainly didn't the idea that the bha should have done something about it um, is is nonsense. Well, it's not you know? their job to ring you and remind you. Exactly. That's like um, there's a cutoff point, um, and it's all very well to say, oh, but it's only a couple of minutes after. Well, okay, maybe the cutoff point two minutes later. You still have you still have these things happening, um, and everyone needs to know where they stand. So you know, it's up to connections to do to do the right thing. I remember one year when Dandy Nichols forgot to enter any of his horses in the Air Gold Cup. And that was that, you know. That was that was his race every season was the Air Gold Cup, yeah. Dandy. God rest and him. He'd, have a, he'd have a big team of horses, and he completely forgot to enter the one year, uh, and that was the end of that. Um, and, and there, you know, there's stories from the past. Of course, when Norton's Coin won the Gold Cup, uh, Sir Griffiths had missed the deadline for the race, and he wanted, he wanted to run him in the calf cart, I think, uh, and he'd missed the deadline. And then in those days, you could still put the horse in the Gold Cup. Uh, Gold Cup was one of the one of the earlier closers now, um, whereas I think the calf cart would be. Well, Cathcart obviously doesn't isn't with us anymore, but um, he didn't um, he didn't have to be quite so early with that. Whereas in his day, he he missed the deadline for the race, 
Um, but he could. I think. No, I think he already had the horse in the Gold Cup, but he didn't intend to run him, and then he couldn't enter him in the race that he wanted him in, and therefore he had to go back to the Gold Cup. And the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, these things happen. Um, you, you obviously feel a bit of sympathy, um, but there's a difference between sympathy and thinking that the authorities had done the wrong thing. Yeah. No, I I, I completely agree with you. Um, I don't think that the authorities were to blame for that at all and I don't really feel sorry for them but maybe they can get compensation at the weekend or maybe Henry de Bromhead there's no, yeah, there's, the story doesn't even make any sense it, uh, it doesn't every, every version I've been told there's, there's absolutely no reason why you would need to do what they did um, at that specific time mm. you know you, you, if you're trying to have a conversation with someone and it's blowing a gill and they can't hear what you're saying that's all very well if you're trying to declare a horse and there's a deadline coming up. There was no deadline coming up for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, except for the fact that once you once you make a horse a non-runner, then the uh, the next deadline deadline is uh, is looming. So that it could easily have waited if it was one of these situations where um, there was a miscommunication and you knew there was a danger of miscommunication. Um, so anyway, it's it's, it's by the by. It's all history now. Yeah, we'll see if they can get their compensation on Sky Sports Racing. One fifteen on Saturday. We've got Riders on the Storm uh, for Sam and Nigel Tristan Davis. Uh, maybe Henry de Bromhead and Davy Russell have other plans with Paloma Blue. We shall see. Uh, again, very briefly, uh, Rory, although we did, we expanded on that one. Uh, the Plymouth Gin Handicap Chase. There may very well be gin in your hand after this. I quite like Chesterfield for Seamus Mullins, but I've always had a little bit of a thing for Chesterfield. Um, can you tell ever me since I, Ever since I told you about him, yeah. Exactly, yeah. to win the the amateur riders race at the Grand National meeting, the last race of the Grand National meeting, and he bolted up. Um, can he get us back in the gravy here on Saturday? Um, yeah, Seamus did have his first winner in an age um, yesterday. He's had a really, really tough um, few months. Uh, normally, a um, uh, a trainer who gives you plenty of value for money. Uh, Marner's promised one from at Newbury um, yesterday at a big price, but um, it's been it's been tough going for him for a while. So I'm just a little bit wary of of assuming that one swallow makes a summer with the Mullins yard yeah. and piling in there. But I do like Chesterfield. Um, my slight worry with him here would be whether he wants um, this much of a test of stamina. You know, he does handle he does handle plenty of, of dig in the ground. He's also perfectly happy on on uh, polytrack as he's shown, or indeed on quick ground. Um, but whether he wants to go sort of you know two mile three, uh, as it will be um, in heavy ground, is another matter altogether. Much as I like him, um, so I wouldn't um, I wouldn't be against him. Um, I find this a pretty tough race, to be perfectly honest. I would, I do like um, uh, Mr. Medic, who won this race a couple of years ago. You're all favourite. But again, again I, I'm not sure I want Mr. Medic on really, um, really soft ground. I think he, he doesn't want it much much worse than good to soft. Um, so he looks like a definite runner. James Best is is, um, is dropped up from Robert Walford, another trainer who, who broke a long losing run the other day. Um, and he's a horse who will win races again this season, but slight question marks there. Uh, and the other one that I think is is um, very interesting going forward, particularly in this round, is first flow for Kim Bailey, um, who won easily at Hereford last time out. His his runs have come in, in small fields um, thus far, but he won by won by half the track um, at Hereford last time up, uh, and he'd beaten a couple of decent sorts in his, his two runs prior to that. So. Um, you know, splitting uh, Angel's Breast and Birchdale, for example. Angel's Breast runs in the um, the Grade Two novice at Ascot on Friday, and there wasn't an awful lot of um, an awful lot of shame in being beaten at lengths by him um, over fences here um, prior to that over this course and distance. So first flow should run a really solid race. Okay, first flow will uh, will do for me. Uh, I may stay loyal to Chesterfield. We we shall see. We shall we shall see. But um, I, I might very well switch to switch to him. Uh, a famous flip-flop. There's two horses anyway for your uh, potential betting. Sky Sports Racing on Saturday. Uh, all the cards, data, and information you need. And the inform, red-hot inform, Simon Rowlands, by the way, will be contributing to attheraces.com with uh, his column as well. That will be available on Friday evening. Get it on the At The Races app or on attheraces.com. The Betway Tommy Whittle handicap chase is uh, taking place at 2.40 and Haydock. And obviously, the Klondike wins. 
Um, yeah, oddly, oddly, I'm in agreement with you um, oh, on the Klondike. Right. I'm sorry. I've got to sign in and get as much on as possible. Continue. We agreed on one the other day. What was that? We agreed on three the other day and won one. Well, there you go. Good price? Uh, I think so. I, I, I recall it being a, a good price. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, proceed, Roy. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I was struggling um, for action to write about in, the, um, in my Irish Daily Star column the other day. So I looked, at, looked ahead to the weekend and I uh, put the Klondike up um, for this race. He's not, I don't think he's won from maximum faith because he had a, you know, he's had a lot of hard races and he's looked, well, I mean, he refused to race, didn't he, mm. um, in the Eider. So you're slightly concerned about his, um, uh, his love for the game, but I'm hoping that a, um, a long break has done him the world of good. Uh, you can forget his run in the, the Labrooks Trophy last time out. Um, as I told you at the time, I believe. You did. You were keen on him there, weren't you? Yes. Um, a, a race as classy as that on good ground is never going to play to his strengths. Um, and he did as well as he could be to be beaten 20-odd lengths in, in 11th. Um, he will be a much happier horse um, in a weaker race on very, very testing ground, which is what he gets um, here at the weekend. Um, and if his enthusiasm is still there, I think he'll take the world to beating. Obviously, he won the race last year. Um, or um, uh, what was this? he was rated one three nine, so he's six pounds higher um, than when uh, than when um, winning here last December. Uh, worth pointing out, of course, that the um, the distance of the race was different last year, um, but he actually wants the extra yardage, three miles one and a half furlongs here. Um, and I'm looking back and, and reminding myself that it was over less than two miles seven um, last season. So it's a marginally different race, but we know that he stays very well. So the extra yardage is in his favour. This will be the first time he's had a chance to race on heavy ground since then as well. And if he's back to that form, I think he takes plenty of beating. Um, although he's not going to be favourite for the race, is he? Um, if um, if Venetia sends Yaltari, you would imagine Yaltari would go off favourite, but currently yeah. on the Betfair Exchange, he is favourite. He's currently around about seven point oh. Is he? Mm. Okay. Yeah, there's actually some firms, some bookmakers have gone as short as five to one about him. Yeah, he was a lot bigger than I looked at this, as I said on on um, on Tuesday. And he was a much bigger price than. And you took that price and destroyed it for the rest of us. Thanks, Rory. No, no, I'm that's not the kind of guy I am because I'm writing a piece for the following day's newspaper, which is not available online, and it's um, it's not fitting if I go around smashing prices up. It's not in your uh, interest, quite frankly. You've got too um, much ethics. Yeah, well, the interesting thing, of course, um, Yaltari's in the Silver Cup at Ascot as well, and I'm not entirely sure what the uh, what the intended target is for him. Um, I think people are expecting him. Had to be a more likely runner at Ascot, um, but if he rocks up here, I think he's the one who goes off favourite. Um, given Venetia's form, she um, uh, she's had a couple um, absolutely bolt up. Well, I'll, I'll tell you her recent form figures. Her last ten runners have gone one four one two four one 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 one. She's doing all right. She's doing all right. Um, roll again, bolted up at Ludlow yesterday. Subcontinent also won on that card um, in the following race. And then Eleanor Bob, who is in no way named after my wife, um, <laughs> beats um, beat the odds-on favourite in the opening race at Exeter before that meeting was called off, um, which was a winner for my Irish field, my sorry, my Irish Daily Star column readers. Three selections at Exeter, two of them, two of them not run because of the conditions, but thankfully Eleanor Bob um, won um, by a, a wide margin by in the opening race. And hopefully you have given us the winner of this race as well. Uh, winner of it last year in 2018, as you said, over a slightly different distance. What is it with Haydock and the changing race distances? Uh, the Klondike will hopefully make it back-to-back wins in the Tommy Whittle handicap chase. 240, that race is off. Heavy ground uh, conditions should be ideal. Uh, 8.0 currently on the Betfair Exchange, but going quickly, uh, I suggest you take it. Uh, and briefly then, the 3.15, the Betway Head Your Hunch Handicap Hurdle. Uh, we've got uh, 
Donald McCain. Um, speaking of stables on a revival, Donald McCain's on a big revival this season. Uh, it's David Pipe's best season for six years, as I've said previously. Uh, he won a big race last week. No reason to think he can't win it again uh, this week. But uh, Donald McCain has uh, having a good season. William Kennedy, the same. No relation. We've got Poetic Rhythm in their second favourite, uh, Captain Moriet. We'll go with uh, Manella Trump. Impeached again for Donald McCain and uh, Finn and Game. Your thoughts, my friend? Um, not, I'm not absolutely loving the race. To be perfectly honest, I've got a, um, uh, I've got a token selection uh, in the shape of Captain Moret. Uh, although the fact that he's back over hurdles here, um, you might take that as as a little bit of a negative. He's, um, I thought he shaped really well in his chase debut. Um, that was uh, behind a horse that we've mentioned already. Um, he was um, he was behind first flow in the race won by Somerville Boy um, at Utoxeter. Uh, a really good contest. Western Rider was third that day. Captain Moiret was a never nearer fourth. And I thought this is a horse who's going places over fences. And I think I napped him next time out, um, which will be embarrassing to me because he was also on favourite. I don't tend to do that. Mm. And yes, he was beaten beaten at Catrick um, when he made a terrible mid-race mistake. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, maybe they've decided that his jumping is too iffy to continue on fences for the time being. Uh, and maybe they just found an opportunity for him. Um, but Captain Moret is, is a horse with with um, races that he can definitely win. Um, and hopefully, hopefully he can get back on track and return to hurdles. But again... You know, I'd be a little bit wary of the of the the switch of codes, and I'd be a little bit wary again about um, very very testing ground because he's got form on um, on a sound surface. Um, and although that you talked to Chase debut came on soft ground, as I said, it's mostly um, a, a better surface that he's raced on as a rule. So I'm not I'm not smashing the piggy bank to back him in this race, but he's sort of. He was my token selection when I looked at it okay. uh, in the first place. Obviously, no no decks for this yet either, so um, things can um, things can change. Um, uh, I think we can be pretty confident that Chitty Balco will run for Donald McCain and, and William Kennedy. And while he's sticking out like a sore thumb in the market at currently three to one, um, I thought he was deadly at Bangor last time. I thought William Kennedy was brilliant on him, and um, hopefully that confidence boost will. He is up nine pounds, but hopefully he'll be able to, to handle that and go and get the job done here. But I respect your selection uh, with Sue Smith. Uh, at Thurless, just a couple to mention uh, very, very briefly. We've got um, Cole Reavy running for Willie Mullins in the 155, and he introduces Ramsey in the uh, the last race, the 340. Uh, Ramsey's cost just the 215,000 pounds. Uh, the uh, Cheltenham sale at March earlier this year so we'll get to see that's, him that's the minimum bid that's the minimum uh, bid Cheltenham's March sale uh, don't come in unless you've got 200k we don't want to know you uh, so we'll we'll see how that horse gets on if declared at the weekend uh, your best bet for the weekend Rory Oh, I was going to give you an interesting one for, for uh, that there is kind of it runs go let us know uh, in, the, in the opening race and I'll see if he's that's the only entry he has so hopefully he will run Captain CJ Yes. Um, is a horse I have a lot of time for, and he will be suited by a step up to um, uh, to three miles. He's been um, he's been runner up in three starts um, over fences thus far. Um, he was um, uh, behind carefully selected um, last time. Um, again, he's he's. Re- he's Gone the same way in every race so far. He's run over two mile five thereabouts and three runs uh, over fences. And he's got outpaced and run on really strongly every time. The previous time, he was second to Ronald Pump. That's very good for him. Again, best work um, in the closing stages. And prior to that, he was beaten less than two lengths by Champagne Classic. Uh, it looked like he only would have been third or fourth, but for late followers that day. But if you look at the work he did from the last fence, again, he's clearly a stayer. Um, he's won... Um, he was he had a very good record in point to points um, so we know he stays there and he stayed well over hurdles so stepping up to three miles for the first time will suit him down to the ground and I'll think he, I think he'll take um, it's difficult to know who's going to line up in that race it's a, a lot of entries and it's probably going to be a big field but I think he'll take the beating and he's gone off at a good price in all his races so far this season he's been weak in the market every time but run his race so hopefully you get a decent SP about him 
I'm liking the sound of this, Rory. Who's your best bet of the weekend, my man? Um, my best bet for this tricky one because he's not actually. No, they haven't got declarations for Ascot um, for for that race, but I'd, I'd be happy to go with Jerry's back if he turns up um, in the uh, the silver trophy. Um, and oh, let's say if he doesn't, then you can have Captain CJ as a fallback to. Okay, so Captain, very good. Then that we mentioned Thurlis. So Captain CJ is your default nap of the day. Uh, presuming that Jerry's back doesn't run, this means we can do a patent, Captain CJ. <laughs> We can also back, or you can just roll it up on the Betfair Exchange. So Captain CJ going on to Jerry's back, going on to De Klondike. Christmas is paid for. Yeah. Gamble responsibly. Uh, and all that malarkey. So there's, uh, De Klondike will be my nap of the week, obviously. Learnbetwin.com is the website of the great Declan Marr, who's going to join us for a betting special over the festive period. Uh, I know that Declan is doing uh, offers right now for his festive period. So... Guy's a legend and uh, looking forward to chatting to him about his betting and his thoughts on how to improve your betting and maximize betting. Uh, That podcast will be available for you just before the new year um, as we're a little bit quiet and taking time off. Uh, We'll we'll have a a chat in the middle of mince pies and uh, and lots of coffee. Learnbetwin.com is the site, so make sure you check it out and Declan will be with us before the new year. Uh, Rory, you're back with us on Sunday as we look ahead to the festive racing. No rest for the wicked. No rest for the wicked, my man. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, We've got a big team assembled, so there is the Christmas quiz to come uh, with Adam Webb posing the questions. We've got two of those questions first and then, of course, the answers where we all get embarrassed and uh, find out that we've made fools of ourselves. Uh, We then have our two festive previews. Uh, We're recording on Sunday, uh, part one for St. Stephen's Day. Uh, Part two is going to be more Irish focused and uh, both will be available for you pretty quickly on Sunday on attheraces.com. On your smart speaker, if you just say, hey Siri or hey Alexa, play the Final Forlum podcast, it will do it for you. And um, also, you can listen to it on any podcast app. Rory Delargy, my thanks as always. Pleasure. Take care, my friend. And for me, I'm Kennedy, thank you so much for all the kind words on social media. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll chat to you again very, very soon. God bless. Get 2% commission on your winnings on the Betfair Exchange with My Betfair Rewards. Opt in now to start saving. My Betfair Rewards allows customers to choose their commission rate and rewards. 2% commission via basic package, which can be altered at any time. T's and C's apply. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.